is literally above and beyond all. That same God was revealed in the flesh, physically came, and was bearing the name that is and always will be above all names. It is and was and will always be the name of Jesus. It was that same Jesus who centers the gospel. Why? Because he died, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and rose again in victory. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Now, each one of these elements Jesus conquered or created are all elements that are impossible to get to, out of our reach, and beyond our control. Death we cannot conquer alone. Hell is undefeated without him. And grave is triumphant without Jesus. However, that Jesus had a plan, a good plan, a master plan. He gave his disciples a hint as to what that plan was going to be as he gave them a Bible study about the oneness, about his oneness. In John 14, 12, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And not only did he say that, he said, Greater works that you will do than I did when I was here. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you something that will allow you to perform greater and go beyond what you did, what I did while I was on earth. And what I'm going to leave you is not just a portion of my spirit, not just a fraction, but I'm going to fill you up with my spirit. Jesus literally living on the inside. And when God is on the inside, nothing is impossible. Amen. Nothing is impossible. And if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I believe that tonight will be filled with an atmosphere of expectation, an opportunity to be filled with God's Spirit tonight. If you believe that, I believe that that deserves a hand clap as well. And this is what the Spirit's for. So when you go back to your battlefield, when you go back to your school, when you go back to your community, back to your world the same God who formed the planets and made mountains who spoke and there was and the same Jesus who said let there be light has power and that same power can be and for some of you already is inside of you tonight now what was beyond your grasp what you thought was out of reach you now have the ability to go and stretch toward the unknown. Beyond the circumstances you think God cannot handle. Beyond the peer pressure in your fellow friends that would allow you and persuade you that God's not necessary. Beyond an occasional and casual talk and a closer relationship with him. I encourage you tonight to go beyond. Everyone say beyond. No, no, no. Say it like you mean it. Beyond. Your expectation of what God could do in this service and what God can do through you, not just here, but for the rest of your life. Now, somebody asked me why. Uh, somebody asked me why, why, do, why do we need to have this expectation? Because the Bible says this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That 
That's why your expectation should go and exceed further than anything. Because what's inside you has the power to go beyond. What you have inside of you can break barriers past this high school. But by only one name, I wonder if you can stand to your feet. By only one name that has power. By only one name that has authority. Only, the only name that has ever healed me. The only name that's ever broken anything and destroyed anything that needed to be destroyed and mended something that needed to be mended. It's at the only name of Jesus. Now, I believe. I believe in that name. I believe in what he did on the cross. It's at the only name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The power of I wonder if you can lift your hands as if God's going to put you beyond where you are right now. He's going to bring you beyond where you are, beyond your circumstances, beyond where you're going. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. This is that moment in the service where God is going to change your mind, change your ways. Lord, I ask you right now that everyone in this place, that the faith could rise. Faith could rise in this building. And we can all go beyond where we are.
somebody take yeah, a moment. No, 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 Jesus, we love you, God. You're I so honor good, you, Lord. Jesus. I worship you forever. I worship you forever. We glorify you, Jesus. We honor you forever. We lift you high. Your name is greater. Above all greater. things, you are worthy. Come on, somebody, Jesus. lift your hands. Oh, we sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. We sing hallelujah. Somebody sing it out. Lamb. He's overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Come on, somebody, let this be our anthem. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Clouds part in their way, his path to heaven's gate. He rose with all power, victorious. Salvation then revealed, our hope to grace would give new life to those in him. Redemption, here we go. One day the trump will sound. Oh Lord, we sing to you tonight. The 
come and overcome. We sing, we sing hallelujah. Come on, sing it out. We sing hallelujah. We sing, we sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. We sing, we sing hallelujah. We sing, we sing hallelujah. I want you to sing that verse again. We sing hallelujah. Isaac, let him sing that verse again. The clouds parted away, love's path to heaven's gate. He rose with all power, victorious. Salvation then revealed, I hold through grace. We give new life to us in Him. move of the Holy Ghost I feel you feel the Holy Ghost here right now that move of the spirit that's in this place right now I want you to take your hands and I want you to throw them towards heaven I want everybody in this place to begin to just get your mind focused in on that place come on we're going to a city I want you to think about nothing else. Forget about schoolwork. Forget about homeroom. Forget about whether or not you made the team. Forget about whether or not you're in a relation. Forget about everything but Jesus for right now. I want you to even forget about the after events and the things we're I want you to think about heaven. Every eye closed, every hand lifted, every voice, I want you to lift up right now and begin to talk to the Lord. Come on, would you do that right now? Come on with hands lifted. Come on with hands lifted. Matchless. Matchless love and beauty, endless worth. 
So nothing in this world Nothing in this world can satisfy Cause Jesus Cause Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry Sing that again, who is like you, Lord? second verse treasure of my heart treasure of my heart and of my soul in my weakness in my weakness you are merciful he's our redeemer redeemer of my past and present wrong and hold holder of my future days to come your presence I'm going to ask it again. I want you to lift your hands, everybody, across this room. There's something powerful that's happening in this place tonight. We've transformed this high school into a place of worship, and there's something powerful. Come on, I want you to lift your voice right now. I, I really want you to call. I want you to get outside of your comfort zone. I want you to really call on the name of the Lord right now. All my days. All my days.
Come on, would you clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise? find it to be fitting that we would give a hand clap of appreciation to this worship team that has led us so wonderfully tonight. Just a tremendous, tremendous job. So, so good. So appreciative of them, their spirit, their desire for excellence. I turn your attention to Mark the ninth chapter. What an honor it is to be here. We started this event 15 years ago now, which is unbelievable, Sister Bolgren, that this was started 15 years ago, and it started as a little retreat for our student ministry in a cabin a little bit south of here, and this is what it's turned into, and I'm very thankful for what God is doing. I'm humbled and honored at the opportunity to come back and preach to so many of my friends here tonight, and uh, for those of you that I don't know yet. I want to meet you. It's good that I look around and I see some that I don't know tonight. That means that the church is having revival, and that's an exciting thing. I'm glad that our youth ministries are having revival. I want to say very sincere appreciation to all of the pastors and the youth pastors that have brought groups and made this a priority to be at this event. This event was started out of a strategic and intentional burden that we need to have a service which sole intention and focus is after about a month or so into school where we come together as a group of apostolic students, Brother Maley, and we empower apostolic students and let you know that what you're doing is not in vain and living for Jesus Christ is important. And so I'm thankful that you have taken the time to be a part of this tonight and certainly to the Bolgrens who lead with such excellence this host church, First Apostolic Church. Very excited not only about them, but also about the new building that is taking place in Talmadge and the new sanctuary, long time coming. If you've ever been there on a Sunday, you know they need a building now. And uh, we're excited about, about that. And to one of the men who I love more uh, than I could really articulate well, our student pastor, Brother Christian Bolgren, love and appreciate him and his team and the excellence with which they lead. Amen. Amen. Man, I feel comfortable tonight. I feel very much at home. I don't know if that's good for you or bad for you, but it's good for me. And uh, so I, I'm turning your attention to Mark chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. If you have your Bible, say amen. If you're looking at the screen, say, I got it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be sweet if you didn't have to take your textbook to class and the teacher just put it up on the... You didn't bring your textbook? No big deal. We got it on the screen for you today. <laughs> Sign me up for that class. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and, and said with tears, Lord, I believe. 
but help thou my unbelief. It wasn't a contradiction, it was an honest moment. I believe in you, but it's, it's been three months since camp. you're able I wouldn't have brought my son to you I believe it but help my unbelief I want to preach tonight feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost on this topic beyond belief beyond belief I want you to simply pray a prayer with me that God would speak to your mind and to your heart. It's very important that what we do tonight reaches way beyond this service. How many know that's right? It needs to reach beyond this service. It needs to stay with you a little while. God, I pray that you would touch our hearts and our minds. Help me to preach intentionally in this service. I believe that you have given me a very specific word for this group. You understand what they're dealing with. Every student that's walking the four years of a college right now every junior higher or high school that's been bombarded with questions of why they live the way they do and trying to find answers I'm asking that you'd help us tonight help me to preach in a way that would bring you glory and would bless this people I pray you'd bless every young man and every young lady in this room help me in some way to try to do justice to what you've put in my spirit and help us to be recipients of your word with gladness and application. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now turn to two, three, two or three people around you if you haven't talked to them yet. And I want you to just tell them he's preaching about beyond belief. Beyond belief. Now if y'all are going to sit in the front. Hey, wait a minute. You're going to sit in the front. You're going to have to preach with me. I'm preaching about beyond belief. Thank you, Brother Gavin, for that dynamic keynote address. I'm glad we serve a God like that. I'm appreciative that Brother Gavin is in the Ohio district. You may be seated. What a great looking group here tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> Always somebody thinks it's them. <laughs> it's awesome. Whether you have or have not in your history class ever read about her, Florence Chadwick was a famous open water, long distance swimmer. She was the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions, setting a time record both times. She was also the first woman to ever swim the Catalina Channel. However, in 1952, Florence made her first attempt to swim the 26 miles between Catalina Island and the California coastline. I can't imagine swimming 26 miles. As she began, she was flanked by small boats that watched for sharks. <laughs> <laughs> the devil is a lie. They were prepared to help her if she got hurt or grew tired. After 15 hours, 
of swimming, a thick fog settled in on the water. Florence began to doubt her ability. She told her mother, who was in one of the boats, she was not going to be able to finish the course. She swam for around another hour, but more panicked than she had been swimming. And then looking with distress in her eyes, asked to be pulled into the boat and out of the water. As she sat in the boat, she found out that she had stopped swimming just one mile from the coastline. Just one mile from the coastline. Two months later, in fact, only two months of recuperation for her body, she swims the same exact body of water. However, this time when that fog settled in, she continued forward until she reached the coastline. In her interview, she said these words, in order for me to finish, I had to keep a mental picture of the coastline in my mind. On the day of her failed attempt, she was forced into a staggering place of fatigue and her brutal honesty about the fog's power is a profound illustration for every student in this room tonight to hear. It's astounding to me that when interviewed after her failed attempt, she did not blame conditioning. She did not blame weakness in her limbs. She did not even uh, uh, announce that it was fatigue that had settled in. When she was asked why she stopped, she said, I cannot see through the fog. The fog eliminated my ability to catch a glimpse of where I was going. That raw moment of tearful. Distressed honesty would become the fuel for that next attempt, which she would be successful. I would even venture to say that if we were brutally honest, I'm speaking to a room of failures. Or maybe the only one in the room is the guy with the microphone. I've tried some things and failed because along the way I lost vision of where I was going. But I thank God for His grace. That he put me back on and gave me another try. Somebody say amen. Unrestricted honesty has to be one of the hardest things for most people. Sure there are individuals and some of you are here. Who consistently give more personal information than we want you to give. <laughs> Facebook is not your blog. Instagram is not your platform. Some of y'all getting sassy with your amens. And Periscope is not the place for you to vent about your breakup. You need to find you one good trustworthy friend. And you need to air it out. You need to talk to Jesus and you need to move on, baby. You ought to just look. Some of you feel like looking at your neighbor. He's talking to you right now. He's done reading your mail, moving in the prophetic right now. <laughs> However, more often than not, we are guarded when it comes to real transparency. 
Why? It's pretty obvious, really. We don't want to be judged. Honesty reveals flaws, which in return expose that little fact that we caught. We thought it had been kept secret from everyone. We don't want anybody to know that we're not actually perfect. You ain't fooling nobody. The truth is, honesty is based on timing, too. People can't appreciate that you're honest when you get forced into being honest. Or because you got caught. Let me, let me be honest. No, you got caught. <laughs> it's exposure. Admitting to cheating on a test after you've been caught is not honesty. It's dishonesty uncovered. I'll never forget, I have this memory burned in my mind from when I was in junior high. I, I was at a friend's house, and he had a little brother. And, and everybody that's, that's got a little brother, I was a little brother. And I know what a pipsqueak the little brother can be. And, and he had a little brother, and his little brother's name, we were always just picking on him, taking stuff. And God forgive me, I need a moment right here. Just please take that. I don't know if I've ever done that. Forgive me. But went in the living room, and he had some candy that he had been given. And I'll, I'll never forget this. It is burned in my memory, Pastor Boger and I. I took some of his candy off the table, and I put it in my pocket right here. I had a shirt on that had a pocket. That's how cool I was, right here. I walked into the living room, and, and wasn't thinking at all. Not, not at all. Reese walked in the living room, and there was something on the floor, and I bent over to pick up the candy. Or, the, or the, the thing off the ground. And when I bent over, they had hardwood floors. And that hard candy spilled out of my pocket. The whole family was sitting in the living room. I remember it hitting. You ever have one of those moments where it's like slow-mo? No. Don't see the candy. Dropping like little bombs. And I did one of those like looks up. And it was that slow motion like. To which I replied, I thought it'd be okay if I got some, some candy. Is that okay? I wasn't being honest. I got caught. Okay? Anybody ever been caught before? Yeah, you better be honest. You lie, you fry. Let me help some of you out right now. Honesty is not saying, I feel like the Lord wants us to break up. When the truth is you think somebody else is better looking. If you're old enough to date, you're old enough to be honest, joker. That's just real good practical talk right there. Honesty is not restriction-based commitment where you say, I give myself away, but what you really mean is someday after I go to the college I want to and marry the person I want to and start the career I want to, God, you get me. That's not honesty. Honesty is being willing to make the, the statement, I have made the decision to follow after God's will. And he impressed on me to start a campus ministry, and I don't care how intimidated I am. I'm going to be honest about it. I'm intimidated, but I'm going to do it because God has put it on my heart. Honesty is being able to say, I'm intimidated to talk to strangers, but His will for my life is bigger than my intimidation. Honesty is being able to say this, I'm not good at praying for an hour. 
You call youth prayer. After seven minutes, I've said everything twice. You're laughing because you've been there. Like, Jesus, take the wheel. Because I'm... (laughs) You ever been praying and something else comes to your mind? You ever find yourself thinking about Taco Bell in the middle of a prayer? I'm just wading in it right now. I'm just in it right now. And you're saying, I love you, Jesus, but he's here in Crunchwrap Supreme. And you got stuff just all jumbled up. Honesty is saying sometimes when I read the Bible, I don't get what I'm reading. We can't say that in church. Yes, we can. You ever read a chapter and you get done and you're like, nothing. (laughs) Read my Bible. (laughs) Got my daily reading in. Have no idea what I read. Honesty is saying every now and then, I'm going to be honest, every now and then, I still, I've been preaching for 16 years. Every now and then I go to my Bible app and open up the message. Shameful. (laughs) You ever have to do that because you don't get it? Let me just help you after a good altar call. Honesty is being willing to delete your Snapchat or Periscope app because you know you can't handle it after midnight. I'm just talking about being honest. Honesty is being able to say, I might not have it all figured out. There might even be times that I doubt, but my mind is made up to walk the hallways of my school. And even when I don't feel like it, I still know he's worthy. And even when I don't have it figured out, he still deserves the very best I can. I'm going to be honest. I don't always feel it, but I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm preaching to apostolics right now. you got to be honest. There's times I don't feel like going to church but I'm going anyway I I know some of you didn't go to homecoming tonight because you came to the battlefield hear me right now honesty is not saying well I didn't want to go it is saying I did have a part of me that wanted to go but I made up my mind along the way I'm going to live for him I'd rather be a part of his purpose I'd rather be a part of his cause who am I preaching to in this house right now that would be honest enough to say I don't always feel it but I made up my mind this is who I am and this is what I do I don't always believe I'm good enough but I believe I can do all things through Christ I don't believe I'm worthy but I believe his grace is sufficient clap your hands everybody to the Lord give him praise come on everybody clap thunderously If you've ever doubted God, you ought to clap your hands because you're still here. If you've ever doubted the call of God, you ought to clap your hands because you're in the church tonight. Come on, the devil is a liar. I'm trying to help somebody at the start of this message. You're still here. It's okay that you had some doubts. It's okay that you had some frustrations. You're a normal teenager. You're a regular student. But you're here tonight. Find somebody, give them a high five and tell them it's okay. Be honest. Come on, find somebody else. Give them a high five. Say, loosen up. Be honest. (laughs) 
Find somebody he ain't talked to yet and say, if you sit there the whole time he preaches, I'm going to step on your feet when I stand up. Sorry, that's just what was in my mind. I had to be honest and say it. Now, my plea for your honesty is not telling you to remove your filter. Preacher said, be honest. <laughs> you ugly. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. You still got to be as wise as you can. You know, kids are funny like that. Kids just say whatever they're thinking. I've got four kids. Pray for me. Okay, my youngest son, Kaysen, I, I have three of mine are boys, if you don't know that. If you don't know me well enough to know I have four children, uh, and, and my, three of them are boys. When you have three boys of your own, you learn how to cut hair. You know, haircuts are expensive now. And I was cutting my three-year-old's hair just uh, uh, probably three weeks ago or so. I'm, I'm cutting his hair, and I'm getting it down nice and tight on the sides. and, and getting it. I'm almost finished and just kind of admiring my work and my three-year-old who loves his daddy, and I'm thankful for it. He, he, right at the end, he said, he said, Daddy, he looked up at me. See, your buddy he said, Daddy, cut me a bald spot right here like you. I didn't know whether to hug him or knock him across the room. I was in just honest. When you get a little older, you got to get a filter. But you do have to be honest with God. And it wouldn't hurt for you to look yourself in the mirror and be honest with you. It's okay to look in the mirror and say, I don't have it figured out. But I'm going to trust God. The man in the story showed his honesty, and Jesus responded. God must always be larger than life and surpass your ability to logically explain him. Preach to every college student and tell you right now, you need to hear me. He must always be a little bigger than you can logically explain away. While your response to a carnal world can be educated and should be. It should be precise and not dependent upon your parents, your pastor, or your youth pastor to fight your verbal battle. It must be full of faith and it must be validated by your personal lifestyle. By your personal Lifestyle. I've got three proposals tonight. My first one is this. We serve a God that is beyond belief. We serve a God that is beyond belief. And now, I'm blessed and fortunate to preach a lot of camps and a lot of conventions. And there are some trigger scriptures we use. And this is one of them. He is able to do exceeding. Woo! Right? Abundantly. Above, yeah, you know it. You're ready. You're like, come, 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 come. Above what? All that we can ask or think. If you can even try to get it in your mind, he can get bigger than that. He can get beyond it. I would even venture to say that some of us, if we could get a picture of our friends being baptized, he could do it. 
If you could get alone in a time of prayer and start letting a mental picture go over in your mind. I can see it. I'm thinking about it. I'm meditating on it. I see them going down in the water and coming up. I see their, their hands. I see the water dripping off their hands. And What is that happening to their mouth? Oh, wait, 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 wait. They're starting to speak into If you can see it, he said, I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above what you're able to ask or even think. Even at the times when you're too scared to utter it out of your mouth if you could get it playing over in your mouth I can pass it I can get beyond that I want the kind of revival that's so big we've only dreamed about it but been too scared to even utter it it's beyond what I've been able to articulate that's the kind of revival that God desires to give our youth group brother Carson you just want to fire us up you better believe it I want us to know we are a part of the last day church and we better start dreaming bigger Amen. But he is beyond belief. Let's think about it for a minute. Pastor Bogren, logically to explain this, we got to start it with, and God said, let there be light. Well, where did God come from? He just was. Just always. That's... Boom, right there, Genesis 1. People have a hard time because we live in a logical world that wants to. And that's not what your philosophy teacher is, but he's wrong. How do do we do it? Let's logically explain this. He was born to a virgin in a manger with animals. I thought he was a king. He was a king. But his kingdom wasn't of this world. It was another world. Man, you're crazy. (laughs) Am I being real right now? Am I being honest? It's funny to talk about it right now. It's not so funny when your atheist friend looks at you at the locker. Says, prove it. He, he, he. He died on a cross. They put him in a tomb. But three days later when they went to check, he was not there. You know, normally we shout about this, right? Right now I'm presenting it and we're like, well, yeah. Brother Pete, like, it is. We got to understand that to logically explain him, we're not a church built on logic. We're a church built on faith. And when he got up from the grave, he took the keys. My great friend talked about of death, hell, and the grave. Took them all. And then gave us reinforcement while everybody else gets teared up at at funerals. We call them homegoing services. Let's all celebrate. They, they die. They do. But we quote scriptures like death, where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? To live is Christ, but to die is gain. 
I tell you, we have to deal with the fact that we are serving a God that is beyond logic. And if you're waiting on logic to fill in the blanks for you, you're going to miss the ride. This is not about logic. Here's why I'm telling you that he's beyond belief. Because while you need faith in him, whether you believe on him or not, he's still real. Whether or not your friend at school tells you you're crazy, it does not make God any smaller or any less significant He's God all by himself. He has all power. He has all authority. He has. They taught me in school. He's got the whole world in his hand. I'm just foolish enough to believe that here tonight. You can talk about some big bang that happened somewhere along the way. But I'm telling you the only way it happened is because he opened up his mouth and he spoke it into existence. He's bigger than belief. Whether you believe it or not, he can still do it. That man looked at Jesus and said, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. And Jesus, without saying a word, was able to reach over and touch that boy and heal that boy's body. Because even though you got a little bit of doubt, he's bigger than your doubt. He's bigger than any discrepancy on paper. He's I wish I could get somebody to help me preach right now that's been through a trial, you've been through a situation and it didn't make sense on paper and nobody understood why you were faithful to the house of God but you just kept showing up and somewhere along the way the Spirit of God moved into your life. He's bigger than when I believe He can't do it. He can still do it. He's bigger than the doctor's report. He's bigger than what you believe about Yeah, but I don't know if he's able. He's still able. Yeah, but my philosophy teacher said he's not real. He's still real. Clap your hands, everybody, unto the Lord. Darwin cannot diminish him. Your science teacher cannot diminish or forfeit his power. Agnathiasts and atheists cannot annihilate his reality. Lucifer will never lord over him. He surpasses the need to even be believed in. Now that seems strange to us because we live a life where we constantly talk about you have to believe on him and you must believe on him. But the news is, whether they believe in him or not, you keep doing what you're doing. Whether your friends think you're crazy or not. <laughs> Anybody have any friends at school that think you're crazy for living for God? Look at you. Lift your hand real high. Be honest about it. Anybody in here ever been made fun of for living for God? Raise your hand real high. And yet you're still here. And yet you're still in the church. Why are you here on a Friday night if people made fun of you? Because somewhere along the way you decided whether they believe it or not. I believe it. I want you to lift your hands with me right now. And I want you to ask that God would help us to love him beyond belief. When peers in our life try to make us feel as though it's irrelevant, insignificant, and tradition and men made rules and restrictions talking to somebody right now during this prayer 
You've been battling with peer pressure that's trying to make you feel like what you're doing is outdated and unnecessary. You hear this preacher right now. God, help me to love you beyond belief, whether they believe it or not, whether people talk wrong about you or not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord, if you will. Give him thanks. The second thing that I would propose to you tonight is that our lifestyle must be, on, be beyond belief. We serve a God that's beyond belief. Our lifestyle must be beyond belief. We walk by faith and not by sight. Didn't Jesus look at Thomas and say something like, Man, I'm glad you believe now that you're touching my hands and my side, but... There's something special about people that haven't seen and still believe. Our lifestyle must be beyond belief. Because just believing is not enough. In fact, anybody that's been going to church for any time at all, you've probably heard your pastor say, faith without works is dead. Dead. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned, condemned, lost. He said, belief without action becomes the insult of disobedience. Because to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. So while he is God, whether I believe him or not, whether my friends believe him or not, once I acknowledge him, I don't get to stop there. My lifestyle has to go beyond belief. We have to believe in the authority of his word. We have to believe that heaven... And earth would pass away. The skies may pull apart. And the earth might disintegrate. But the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Believing is not enough. In fact, we must surpass belief and practice our faith with action. What are you saying, Brother Carson? I'm saying repentance is a verb that everybody must act upon. You've got to act it out. Man, it's easier to say repent than it is to repent. Right? Be very easy. I, anybody, anybody in the world, whether they believe you, believe God, believe Scripture, you can open. I've done this at plenty of tables where I open some of my favorite Bible studies. I'd open the Bible and the guy across the table was smoking and blowing smoke at me. Yeah. I'll never forget teaching this one Bible study where I'm teaching this Bible study to this guy and we're talking about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and, and, and that when they did, it fell on them and they began to speak with other tongues and, and he was looking across and when I turned over to him and showed him the scripture, I made him read it out loud. I'll never forget him just kind of the cigarette kind of falling and him looking at me and said, it is in there. But just because it's, now understand this, there's a difference between acknowledging it's there, believing that it's there, and applying. The shout, man, the shout is so easy. Youth pastor says, you got to go back to school and do something. Yeah! 
I believe it. You got to do it. That's the, be honest, that's the tough part, right? Shouting's the fun part. It, the fun part is like a, like a rally at church, man. Yay, I'm going to win everybody. You haven't even told your best friend. I'm just trying to, I hope you see, I'm just trying to talk real to you tonight. And baptism by immersion in Jesus' name is not a tradition of men. It is a salvific mandate. I would, I would even pause to give a historical note to Justin Martyr that whether he believed it or not, it was in the name of Jesus Christ. And I, I've held the leather-bound Encyclopedia Britannica edition in my hands that states openly in the early church they baptized one way and it was by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ for the repentance of sins. And I don't care who tries to move in along the way and diminish it. Somewhere we got to get beyond believing it and let other people know there's one Lord there is one faith and there is one baptism there is one God and one Father of all who is above all and through all and in all and I can't just talk about baptism I've got to be baptized and if you're here tonight and you've never repented or you've never been baptized by immersion that means going all the way under the water Immersion is all the way. It's like if you played outside when you were a kid and you'd have ran in and you didn't want to take a whole shower, but you just tried to stick your head in. Try to fool your parents. No way. You got to get all the way in, get all the way clean. It's the same way in baptism. If you've never been baptized, it's not enough just to acknowledge it's in Scripture, but you have to have application in your life. Somebody say amen. Although I took a course last year where my professor was adamantly against the essentiality of speaking with tongues at the infilling of the Holy Ghost, my authority had to be scripture-based and not man-based. If you don't have a hold of the doctrine and application, then everybody who has a different approval or a different opinion or a different belief than you, you'll be swayed by everything that you hear. Somewhere along the way as a student, as an apostolic teenager or young adult, you've got to get this so rooted into your heart that this is not only something I believe in, this is something I participate in. I don't just shout about being holy. I want my lifestyle to represent that. Although recently a well-known religious analyst took verbal shots at anyone who would deny a Trinitarian doctrine and, and, and call us some names that were on the broad spectrum, something that would be very, uh, I would even say extremely insulting to our movement that is growing at leaps and bounds, I might add. Whether or not he said it or declared it, I have to believe beyond his belief and still declare that in Jesus Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I've got to stand up in front of hundreds of teenagers and say it doesn't matter if your parents believe it or not. It doesn't matter whether your college campus preaches it or not. In fact, it doesn't matter if you're the only high schooler that's living for God. You better hear us declare Declare, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. 
He's one Lord. And somewhere along the way, you got to lift yourself up and square your shoulders and say, whether mom believes it or not, I believe it. Whether my dad goes to church or not, whether... I'm coming after somebody right now. Whether anybody else in your youth group wants to live their life sold out completely to God, we need some teenagers that will make up their mind. I'm going to be godly. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to get beyond believing in it, and I'm going to apply it to my lifestyle. You don't have to worry about me, youth pastor. When I get into the house of God, nobody's got to be my cheerleader. I'm going to be shouting and jumping. Am I preaching to anybody that still jumps in church and dances in church and worships in church? Whether they think it's crazy or not, when we come to the house of God, we worship a certain way and we are not going to subdue it. We are not going to downplay it. We are not going to make it any less essential than it's ever been. You are to worship the Lord with all your heart. Well, I believe he's worthy. If we believe he's worthy, we demonstrate it. Beyond belief. He causes us to go beyond belief. I grew up in a little old church where they sang, It's all in Him. Anybody sing this song? Some of you are like, What? What is that? Does mercy me do that? Big Daddy Weave, what's he talking about? The fullness of the Godhead, it's all in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. I didn't even know what they were doing when I was a kid, but they were just singing doctrine into me. The mighty God is Jesus, and it's all in Him. So by the time I got into high school, I could walk the hallways of that high school, and I had an assurance about who I was and what I believed, and I didn't need to dial my pastor to ask him whether or not it was appropriate. Do you think it's really right? Will it keep me out of hell or not? It wasn't even about that. It was whether or not it pleased Jesus. And some of us have to understand it's not about whether or not it's a heaven-hell issue. When did we get caught on that? It's not about heaven, it's hell. It's about whether or not your lifestyle is displaying your belief system. Because if, if every argument you make in your head is whether or not it's just going to keep me out of heaven or not, then it's not even your belief, it's their belief that you're trying to live. Is that alright? I'm just, I'm trying to be honest with you about some things that I dealt with at your age and that I, being a student pastor for 12 years, I understand that students deal with. We don't always feel it. We don't always feel like living for God. Can we say that? I don't always feel like shouting. I know that's true because when I talked about leaping, a bunch of you didn't do nothing. I think he's almost done. <laughs> don't always feel like it, but if I believe in it, I have to act upon it. And so I would propose to you that we serve a God that's beyond belief. And, and after I, I recognize that I serve a God that's beyond belief, then I, I look forward and say, my lifestyle. Everybody say, my lifestyle. My lifestyle has to get beyond just believing and start working into action. Action. What do you mean by 
by, by acting upon it. What do, you, what do you mean? If you say that you want us to act upon it, I'm, I'm saying, why do you keep saying you're going to start a P7 group and still haven't started one? No, listen, I'm not being hateful. I'm, not, I'm just trying to empower you right now. I'm loving you enough to be honest and say, I know it doesn't feel as exciting after you walked out of Youth Congress. Gee, listen, come on. It's easy when everybody's around. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Wait a minute. <laughs> I was really excited. Anybody ever try to reason your way out of a commitment you made? You know, I was emotional. We had went through a breakup. And, and sometimes it's conversations with God. You ever had that late night conversation where you're like, God, just forgive me. I'm, I'm going to do it. And God's like, how are you lying to me? I'm God. How can we get involved? What can I do? If I'm, supposed to, if I'm supposed to get beyond belief and I'm supposed to apply it to my lifestyle, what are we? I'm going to tell you right now. If you're a part of the UPCI or, or if you're a part of another organization, I can brag on the UPCI just a little bit because I'm, I'm familiar with some of the stats. Right now, the growth in the UPCI has put us in over 200 different countries and territories. Somebody was like, well, there's only so many countries. How are, that's why we say and territories. We're in little places recognized as territories. We're in some places we can't publicly talk about. Underground churches that are having extreme revival. You recognize, and I won't go belabor this, but do you recognize the revival that the Pentecostal church has had within the ranks of the Catholic movement? Pentecost is exploding with growth. CMI chapters. Anybody a part of a CMI? Would you raise your hand right now? Campus ministry. Several hands lifted up. They've reached all across North America with a tremendous number of students repenting and being baptized. I've lost count of the pictures in the last year that friends have sent us at the General Youth Division of kids on campus being baptized in the school pool. got to forgive me but that excites me while they got every other group on school trying to give a parade and start up a church thank God there are some teenagers that are walking onto college campuses and taking them to the pool and baptizing them in the name of we're in a generation that's beyond just believing about it and beyond just talking about it but we're getting involved in it P7 clubs, we're at over 900 different clubs. Since North American Youth Congress, we've been averaging something like 20 clubs a week. <laughs> Flurries of kids receiving teaching in their P7 club. Is Katie here? Stand up, Katie. I don't want to embarrass you. Katie does ECOT. Anybody here ever heard of ECOT online school? Yeah, a bunch of you. Cool. They called in the other day, told me at the GYD, Brother Christian Bogren had texted me and said, Katie does that ECOT thing. And I was like, I don't know what ECOT is. It was like, awesome. And I was like, listen, she's doing ECOT. It's the online, online high school. She left NAYC burdened to start a P7 club, but she doesn't go to a school. That's tough. Thanks, God, for that burden. Start a P7 club. I don't go to school. <laughs> She's got this incredible online network, though, of students. Two days ago, she went through the proper channels to have a P7 club on the online school. 
And three days ago, while she was able to sit there and teach and talk, you're able to speak. Is that right? You speak it, and they're all listening to you. 81 kids logged in. She said, by the time I logged in for my P7, there was over 50 kids already logged. Come on, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're a part of what God is pouring out on this. I don't want to just believe in it. I want to get involved in it. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to, well, no one's ever done that before. If you can dream it, if you can believe in it, he can help you surpass. I wish you'd give yourself, give yourself a moment right now and just begin to worship the Lord with me. Something could sweep in this house right now. Faith is building and moving and shifting in this house right now. Everybody in this place, lift your hands with me right now. When I said that, faith moved in the building. I felt it. It swept in here. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if you've committed to God, you want to make a difference. I want you to throw both your hands towards heaven. It might not be the conventional way. You don't have to be a cookie cutter. You don't have to do it like everybody else. Katie, you can find a way. You can, young man, find a way to do it. I know your parents might not serve God, but you can find a way to do it. Come on, hands lifted all over this place. Call on the name of the Lord. Give me five minutes and I'll be done, all right? Five minutes and I'll be done. You may be seated. For those of you that are still debating whether or not you're going to go on an apostolic youth corps trip, what are you waiting on? That's a lot of money. It's a worthy investment. This year alone, over 400 kids, 400 students, Went on apostolic youth corps trips. As a result, in other cities, in other churches, in other countries, over 300 were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> 184 reported miracles, many of them being documented miracles. 95 thousand invitations I personally was standing in Luxembourg which is the financial capital of Europe it is a city state which sets alone it is one of the most beautiful cities in the world it is a city state that is luxurious I stood there with the Amers the Favors the only church there in Luxembourg and we begin to walk around and pass out flyers for this church plant they're just trying to establish all by themselves no family around just there on the call of God they were in an altar much like the ones that you have been in and the Lord tugged on their heart and called them to Luxembourg and we showed up in this place where they're completely alone but big smiles on their face because they're there doing the work of God. I personally witnessed as a man pulled his car over on the side of the road and some students were there with cars. I watched the man and had pictures on my phone. He put his car in park and caught out. You have to understand everybody in this place walks around with a suit on because of the, 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 the fact that it is the financial capital 
hospital. It's a very prestigious uppity area. And, and he got out of his car and he lifted his hands there on the sidewalk in Luxembourg. And he began to call on the name of Jesus Christ while apostolic youth corps students gathered around him. Another man, we were walking, another man in this this place that is completely isolated with no church. He comes walking up to our group and, and, and he, he begins to converse with one of the individuals in our group and, and he says, is there anything I can pray with you about? And, and this man looks back at him and says, I don't know if you can or not, but I have been praying that God would send someone to tell me about the Holy Ghost. It's not that God is not trying to do the work. It's that he's looking for young men and young ladies that are saying, I'm ready to get beyond believing in it. And I'm ready to get involved in the mission. I'm ready to activate the gospel. I'm ready to put myself in a place where I can be used for the kingdom of God. Come on, if you want to be used by God, clap your hands Hyphen ministry is exploding while there was a staggering rate of individuals that walked away from religion at the age of 18. The percentage was so high that it literally floored religious leaders around the world. There has been a shaking in the apostolic movement and in the United Pentecostal Church through the process of hyphen and we are seeing this thing take root and we are seeing extreme results because of it. Young adults, because you come out of the youth group and you get into that place, it is not the place to begin to move sideways it's not the place where you have to ask the question where do I fit in it is your time to step into an avenue of leadership and begin to recognize that I am now a part of building the platform that those under me are going to stand on and whether that seems overwhelming at times it is a realization that must hit the church if you're a young adult you hear me right now you are a vital part of the church and we have never needed you more There is revival breaking out. I wish I could tell you some of the countries where Sister Keller is going to be next year that are starting hyphen groups. There are literally places where young adult groups are starting that we cannot even publicly proclaim because it is not allowed in the country. But can I just be kid enough to say it again? The devil is a liar. And I don't care if he's tried to keep us out. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We don't believe it alone. We're acting on it. Many of you were there this year in Oklahoma City where we announced that in two years from now for the first time ever we are going to have a North American Youth Congress in Lucas Oil Football Stadium. What's happening in the church? I'll tell you what's happening in the church. I can tell you this because I was a part of the registrations. When the registration process went live for North American Youth Congress, I know some of you may be upset because you still didn't get tickets. And I have tickets now. Sold out of 18,000 in 14 hours. How does that happen? Because this generation is doing more than believing in it. 
Let me tell you what's happening with the apostolic movement in the United Pentecostal Church in specific. The day after our registrations went on sale, our department, Brother Michael Lindsay, gets a call from the, from the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. That's buying power. When Cowboys Stadium wants to call you the next morning because somehow the owner of Cowboys Stadium finds out that this youth, this youth group in the UPCI just sold 18,000 tickets in 14 hours. All of our national leadership that put on concerts and different events, they look at us when we talk about the hotels we're going to sell and we show them our numbers and they say, nobody does that. We do that. What are you saying? I'm saying we don't just believe in it. We're acting upon it. We are an army of young people rising to the hour and rising to the occasion. And we will not be silenced any longer. We will not hold our peace. We will not be a silent majority. We will not sit backward in the classroom and act like we don't have it. We've got a hold of the most powerful thing that this world has ever experienced. I'm a tongue talker and I want to everybody to know I live righteous and I want everybody to experience it I've been born again of water and of spirit stand with me all over this house if you will Woo! if you believe in it you've got to go beyond just believing you got to open your mouth In a world that's trying to push all kinds of agendas, the world is out of control in the loss of its gender and sexual identity. If you know who you are, you ought to open your mouth. And I'm not foolish enough to say that in a crowd this size, there haven't been some of you that have not went through times of doubt and frustration in your own life. That doesn't make you anything but normal. But it is not the will of God for you to know the truth and not be willing and strengthened to open up your mouth. That banner. Brother Gavin, help Brother Christian if you would. Just come up here for a second. Keith, where's Keith? Come up, run up here with him. PJ, when I, I was a kid, man, Friday night, my small town was was football in the fall right now this time of year and I think I can get away with saying this and not be too carnal but OH love my people I was in a city last week in another state in the hometown of their university and asked how many were excited about their team that place was like crickets I said O-H, honestly, another state, I said O-H, and like four or five people yelled out real loud, ow! <laughs> Spreading the gospel. When I was a kid, Friday night football, if there wasn't anything going on, and I don't want to offend anybody, I'm telling about what I did when I was a kid and what we did in my small farm town in central Illinois. We go to Friday night, man, one of my favorite things, I wasn't on the football team, my, my parents wouldn't let me. I played golf. <laughs> manly, manly sport. So 
show up at that football football game and it was man it was intense and some of my students played along the way I went to some of your games and, but I remember showing up and Pastor Bogren you played back in the day you know what I'm talking about the intensity of that moment and I was gathered on the sideline all my friends were out there playing and Keith I want you to step back a little bit you guys kind of hold that stuff I don't know if you if you've ever been to a game where they did this but at my high school they always had a banner ready yeah I heard some of you like I knew what that banner was. Got the helmets on. You know, and kids just act nuts when they're fired up about something. They're out just like spitting and screaming. and We're going to kill them. <laughs> People are going to die tonight. You know, and you, you hear them just huddled up. Uh, uh. And I don't know, but like on the sidelines, you're just like, yeah, kill them. It's fired up. People got to die. <laughs> to live is Christ, to die is God. And we would wait, man. We would wait on that moment. Because before long, before the start of that game, every game there'd be a new paper banner just like this one. And the captain would lead that team. Our captain was a guy named. Chad Klein, he was incredible running back. He ran for over a thousand yards in the first two games. Third game of the field, the opposing team walked out onto the field and lifted their shirts, and every one of them had Kill Klein in black marker on their chest. It's incredible, and he would lead them out. Some of you don't know it, but the school we're standing in right now, this last week, Keith started a P7 club here. <laughs> P7 Bible club started by this young man and had a handful of students show up for his first meeting and Keith, at some point, we gotta get beyond talking about it. And we gotta, we gotta do it. If we're not careful, we get so excited about our banner. So we are that we never recognize we're supposed to move through it and do something with what we know. Keith. I want you to do something. If they can hold that tight, I want you to see. Now, I know you're strong enough to just break through that. And everybody, just let's see if he can. Just try to bust through that real quick, okay? Lead us onto the field. Come on, bring it through us. Take us out there. Okay, now, now, Brother Gavin don't have a real strong grip. But, but he, he teched me one time, and so that's payback right there. That was a technical on that hold. Hold on real tight. Try to break. I want to see the paper rip. Come through it. All right. <laughs> now hear me. Everybody in our community loved Chad Klein for what he did for our team. But there's not anybody in the bleachers that wanted to watch Chad run out by himself. Man, I'm so glad for what you're doing here. 
But it would be devastating to me if all we could do is get up and highlight a couple. Chad can't win that game by himself. Keith, you can't do it alone. And whoever you are, the all-star in your youth group, whatever you're stepping up and doing, we applaud you and we thank you and we need you. But I want every student in here to help hear me right now. We need everybody on the team to get involved in this. We need every young man and we need every young lady to get beyond talking about And so the third thing that I propose in this altar call is you got to get beyond your intimidation. you got to get beyond whatever that thing is that's keeping you from doing it. I'm talking to young men right now with a calling on their life. I'm talking to young ladies with a call. You've got a calling for communication, a calling to speak the Word of God. I'm talking to individuals in this room that have a calling on your life. And I'm talking to others that are saying, I feel a stirring, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I've got your answer tonight. You're not supposed to do nothing. You're supposed to pray and seek until you hear. Lord, if you would just touch my son, he said, I, I know he could be whole. All things are possible, Jesus said, if you'll if you just believe it. And so he, he honestly cried out, I believe. 